Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. You should learn something every day. Maybe just one thing. And today, if you're listening to the show, we learned one thing. We did. You may have already known it. The soup is pronounced minestrone, not minestrone, not minestrone, minestrone. We're having that. That's fresh off the Traeger, and uh, we're going to have that a little bit later on this uh, final hour. That's our Meat Friday menu, mini meatball minestrone, and the Dan Patrick Show pull-apart pesto bread that we're famous for. Come on in, stay a while, hopefully for the final hour of the program. Urban Meyer's on the short list of greatest college football coaches in the modern era. We can all agree on that. Won three national titles. You had Florida, Ohio State. He's won over 85% of his games. Now he makes the jump to the NFL. And we've seen this before. It can work. Normally it doesn't work. And some of the great names, Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier, Pete Carroll did do it, but Pete was in the NFL, then went to college, then went back to the NFL. Jimmy Johnson did it as well as anybody. Went to the U, then went to Dallas, won a couple of titles there. But the Jags are rebuilding. Urban Meyer is the number one overall pick. He's got cap space. He's got draft picks. The question is probably not about coaching. Uh, He's had a history of burning out mentally, physically. But everybody wants to know if Urban Meyer can continue his winning ways. Can he relate to these players? You're not recruiting. You know, you're going to have to have a good GM, experienced GM, a capologist to help you here. But uh, either way, he made the Jags relevant. Tony Baselli, former Jacksonville Jaguar, and maybe will live to see the day when he gets into the Hall of Fame. Five Pro Bowls. He's the lead analyst for Thursday Night Football in Westwood One. And he does the Jags radio color uh, analyst. And uh, part of Westwood One's the NFL playoff coverage. He's going to be there for the Buccaneers and the Saints. That'll be Sunday night. Tony joins us on the program. How does this go right for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, Tony? Well, that's easy, Dan. You know that. Win games. 
winning solves everything. I mean, it literally cures every ale of a professional sports team and and an athlete. And I think the point is, is, is your, in your comments earlier, were dead on the transition is littered from college to the NFL with dead bodies of guys who could not do it. Um, now, I think what Shad Khan decided was we need to do something different. This has been a franchise over the last 10 years that has not been relevant outside of 2017 where they made an AFC uh, championship run. And so I think he wanted somebody who was a proven winner, um, who was a proven leader, and gave them a chance to kind of make a splash day one, but also had instant credibility when he walked in the room. And so, um, listen, he's a leader. He's won everywhere he's ever been. And the one thing I do like about his kind of philosophy and and because I'm a believer of it, it's not about what scheme you run. It's not about hey, I run the gap or I run the zone or I blitz. I did this. I mean, everyone's doing the same thing, you know, with a different variation. It's about getting the right people in the building. And so the question I have is: is can he build the right staff? Can he get the right OC, the right DC, the right assistants? And then and then what is your player procurement strategy? Because getting guys who fit what you want to do. And I think that's where teams fail. And that's where organizations in the NFL really struggle is you don't have the pieces that fit what you're trying to do. And uh, that'll be interesting to see the, uh, who he surrounds himself with. But as a leader, Dan, uh, it's unquestionable. He's got it done. But also relating to these players, we, we find that, that there is a gap. In college, you listen to me. In the NFL, it feels like you listen to your players. And, and maybe I'm overstating it here. But, you know, what, what is going to be the biggest difference in the transition of coaching college players to coaching NFL players? Well, the good thing, if you're coaching the Jags, it's not much different than college right now because <laughs> they're so dang young. So <laughs> it'll probably work. Um, I mean, listen, the uh, big difference is you have guys who are in their 30s, have kids, families, been married for a while and everything else. But I think the one thing is even in college today, Dan, it, these are millennials. And so – the millennials don't want to, you to tell them what to do, um, and they don't buy into that. Um, you have to be able to build relationships with players, it's, it, whether it's college or pro. I'm a big believer in that. And guys want to know why are you asking them to do something. And I think Urban's smart enough. I mean, he's been around college. He understands it. He understood recruiting. And I think it's similar um, to the, in today's player. They want a relationship. They want to know you care about them, and they want to know why you're asking them to do something. So um, whether you're hard or you're – not player coach, not a player's coach, both can work. Um, and so, but really where you get the buy-in is one, you have credibility day one, but then what you institute leads to success. So ultimately he's going to have to win football games to get the credibility he wants long-term. There was an article in the Orlando Sentinel in early December calling for the Jags to hire you as the general manager. Have you been approached to be the general manager? Dan, my phone never rang once, so that, that, if that gives you any insight on <laughs> whether I've been asked or not. <laughs> not even think, once? No, not even a, like an off. accidental, like the wrong call? <laughs> wrong number? Maybe the wrong number. Yeah, wrong number. Hey, we're trying to get so – no. Uh, listen, my role uh, my role is – uh, I do the team – I do the uh, – obviously the radio, you talked about it. I've been there since day one, love the organization, want nothing but the success, um, happy to give input where I'm asked, but my job isn't to give input. How about you know, offensive line of, coach? Um, again, if uh, Urban would love to, I, I will talk to anyone about any opportunity, but right now there's no plans and my phone's not ringing and I'm uh, very satisfied and happy with what I do on a daily basis. If Urban did not have the number one pick, would he be taking this Jacksonville job? It's a great question. Um, 
I don't know. Because if you look at it, yes, they have the number one pick. Let's say they would have the number two pick. You're still going to get a really good player. There's, you know, you have Justin Fields, who's a good player. I think that Zach Wilson is intriguing at a BYU. So you can still get your quarterback. What doesn't change, regardless of the draft pick, is this team is going to have over $100 million of cap space in a year where a lot of teams are going to be struggling. I think there's a lot of good players out there to go get. Uh, and so I don't think any nothing changes in that world. And also the other thing I think one of the reasons Urban came here, Dan, is he can do something no one's ever done in Jacksonville before. And he can make it relevant. He can, you know, win a Super Bowl. He can be the guy who does it. And Urban's a competitive individual. Um, he's a guy who wants to, you know, make a name or be out there and do something no one else can do. And he has a chance to do that. And uh, with the Jaguars, so I think he probably would have still just because there's so many other positives around him. But I think that probably maybe that was the tipping point. Yeah, I just wonder long term. You know, that that would Fair be a question. That's that's my question with Urban. I don't think anybody is going to uh, critique his credentials. But just his mental and physical health and being able to do this, this is a grind, man. This is a, yeah, college is one thing. Pros, this is day and night grind. And I don't know. Well, I, yeah. I'll um, say this, Dan. So college is, you know, the first two places at Bowling Green and Utah, he had to build it. He's competing. He didn't have the best players. I mean, he, he proved that he could do it. Florida State and Ohio, I mean, excuse me, Florida and Ohio State, he woke up day one with a team that was better than nine, eight to 10 teams that were on a schedule. I mean, he was just better. They they recruited better and everything else. That's not the case in the NFL. And so it is that grind. And so people ask me what I think about it. I said, all the things I said positive a second ago, here's my question. And I'll maybe articulate it similar to what you said, maybe a little different is um, he's never done the NFL. So we know about that. There's history. We can look at and kind of make our judgment. The health is real. Um, This is an individual at two different spots because of the grind and what went on at Florida and Ohio State that had to step away for health reasons. And I hate it for him because no one wants to have those things. And so you worry. And I think as an owner, you look back and I think when you make that decision, you have to do your homework and say, okay, how are you physically? What does it look like? How do you manage that? Um, Because you're making the hire for the long term and you want him to build something um, that is sustainable. So um, that's something to watch. I know every Jag fan will probably have be praying for him and making sure that health doesn't become an issue. Um, but you, it, it's hard to avoid because the mental grind and fatigue, um, and especially when you're wired like Urban Meyer, from what I've been told, I've never met him, but I've been told he's a competitive dude and winning is the only option. And in the NFL, you're going to lose some games. So that'll be something to watch. But Hopefully, if you're a Jags fan, hopefully you don't have to deal with it very much. So that means you're winning a lot of football games. Tony Baselli joining us. He's the color analyst for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also works for Westwood One and, of course, uh, former Jags offensive lineman. Speaking of which, the first thing I would do is not repeat the mistake that the Colts did with Andrew Luck. I would make sure I had a really good offensive line because... The Colts did it in the reverse order, and then all of a sudden they wake up one day and they go, wait, Andrew Luck doesn't want to play anymore? No, he got so banged up through those first couple of years. Now they have a great offensive line. That's what I hope that uh, the Jags invest in. If you got Trevor Lawrence, I can't have a $100 million quarterback, and I've got you know pennies on the dollar at the offensive line positions here, Tone. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, listen, my formula to build a football team is not that complicated. you got to have a quarterback. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And you're hoping Trevor Lawrence is that guy. After that, Dan, you better protect the quarterback. If you can't control the line of scrimmage by running it when you have to and protecting the quarterback, I don't think you can 
be effective long term. I think you're going to struggle. So you have to invest there. Uh, for the Jaguars, good news is they got three guys in the interior pretty good. Uh, Norwell is a good player. Uh, missed a couple games because of injuries. But the last three years, he's played good football. A.J. Can, the right guard, had re-signed last year. His best year of football was really good. Brandon Linder's upper echelon center. Uh, where they need to improve and they need to do a little bit work at the tackle positions. Jawan Taylor is a second-year player out of Florida, uh, has high potential. He's going to be your right tackle next year. The question is at left tackle. Cam Robinson out of Alabama, four-year guy. He's a free agent. Do you do you sign him? He was better this year. Uh, needs to improve. Do you sign him and make him your left tackle, or do you go draft or go in free agency and say, hey, let's go get a rental out of Trent Williams, who's a free agent out of San Francisco, and maybe ask pay him more money than anyone else to get him come in. So you are dead on though. Um, the number one job of the GM. And Urban Meyer, I think, especially early, is if you're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, surround him with people, starting with the offensive line, where he can have success. You were there when the, the Browns beat the Steelers. And a lot of times you can tell before a game when teams walk on the field. Like there's confidence there. Uh, the first time I ever saw it was when the Raiders beat the Redskins in the Super Bowl when Marcus Allen had that unbelievable run. Like the Raiders came on the field, and if I could have put my house up, if I had a house, I would have bet the Raiders that <laughs> night. I don't know if you noticed anything different with it felt like, and I've said this before, my audience is tired of hearing about it. Cleveland knew their identity going into that game and the Steelers did not. I don't know if you sensed that at all, but the Browns looked like a different team than earlier in the year against Pittsburgh. Why? Yeah, it's so hard, Dan, in this COVID is to get a real sense. Number one, you can't go down on the field and spend time with the teams and get a feel and get the emotion and kind of have conversations too. There's no fans. And so it's almost, it's a very sterile environment. I mean, think of how different that game would have been if you had a packed house mm -hmm. um, at Heinz field where the place is going crazy. Um, but, and I think also you probably got that feeling because right when it started, boy, the snap over the head and next thing you know, this thing's out of control. So, um, and there was a desperation on, on the Cleveland sideline, like, hey, chip on the shoulder, we have something to prove. And it almost got the feeling like Pittsburgh's like, we always beat the Browns, you know, it's in Pittsburgh, we never lose to them, so what's going to change this year? What do you got going on there? My computer's going crazy. I'm trying to turn it off. Hey, you know what? It could be Urban Meyer asking you to be <laughs> offensive blank. So. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. I'll, I, Dan, I'll text you. If, if I hear okay. anything, I'll let you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, would you rather pass block for Brady or Breeze? Uh, Tom Brady. Because? I think Tom Brady is one of the best um, pocket quarterbacks I've ever seen. His movement in the pocket, buying time, and he's a tackle's best friend because he always steps up. He's always working up in the pocket, meaning it helps you with your angles and, and, and your ability to protect it. Breeze is good, too. I mean, they're both fabulous in the pocket. You don't play this long if you can't operate from the pocket. Um, but if you if I have to choose one, uh, it's Tom Brady. Plus, as I'm 6'7", he's 6'4", probably easier for him to see over on top of me. This game will come down to what? Um, can the can the uh, can the Buccaneers run the ball? Yeah. Um, you look at the thirty-eight-three game. They went they were pass happy. Byron left, which I don't think he was his best game. He called. They got away from it, and over thirty-five percent of the time, the Saints were pressuring Tom Brady, or they're hitting them, and they had no rhythm. You got to get Leonard Fournette. You got to get Ronald Jones. They don't have to be you know they don't have to be the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry or the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens running the ball, but they got to you know they at least have to threaten the Saints defense to give Brady time to operate uh, and to throw the ball around. 
Good to talk to you as always, Tony. Thanks for joining us. Have fun on uh, Sunday night. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you soon. That's uh, Tony Baselli. Does the uh, color for uh, radio on Jags Radio Network. Now be on Westwood One, their NFL playoff coverage. He's got Buccaneers Saints on Sunday night. A couple of phone calls in here. Michael Wilbon will join us coming up a little bit. Jake in Iowa. Hey, Jake, what's on your mind today? Hey, bud. Hey, bud. Question for you. So Sarkeesian recruited Bama staff when he was there to come with them to Texas. So I'm kind of thinking, were you more Steve Sarkeesian with the Danettes or were you more Ron Burgundy? <laughs> um, well, let's see. I recruited Seton and Fritzy. McLovin showed up. Uh, he was going to blog for uh, Sports Illustrated. So I, I didn't really recruit him. And then Paulie was not with ESPN any longer. But I had talked to him, and before I left, in fact, one of the first people I talked to before I left ESPN was Paulie. I said, look, if I leave, do you want to get together and be the producer, and I'm going to start my own show? And then he was like, yeah, I'm all in. Uh, Seton, you know, I felt like he was ready for something. He had not. He'd been passed over, didn't get the opportunity to get promotions there, it felt like. Yeah, Seton. You had actually, uh, you had left ESPN, and about two weeks after you left, I emailed you and was just like, hey, bud, just checking in, see how you're doing. And you wrote back, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> and I knew, uh, I knew right then that I had a new job. You and were in you, that moment. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm done. You had been, you were in the discussion right away, uh, Seton was. And then it was, will Fritzy leave? And we didn't think that we could get Fritzy to leave. And that, that, that took a long time. I, in fact, I think I even talked to his wife. I talked to his brother. Um, the surprise you, I didn't, you didn't talk, talk to his sister. No. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, I didn't talk to her about Todd leaving ESPN. I didn't know about her at that point. I just realized Todd had a sister. That was a couple of years ago. Um, how close was it that you almost didn't come? We're kind enough to, uh, you know, talk to them. You know, you're with the company for what it was like 14 years, and you know, you got kids. But why did I have to talk to your family? Because they're important to me, and I value their opinions, and I wanted to I know, hear their but, thoughts on it. But I wasn't trying to play hard to it, get it, or anything. No, it wasn't a game for me or anything like that. I just thought I thought that would be a. I thought for me, and, and and just the closeness I have with my family and my brother. I didn't have to business. call Paul's mom. That's everybody's different. I didn't call Seton's uh, dad. But uh, you know, again, just to to reiterate, there wasn't uh, there was no power play. There was no game playing. I just wanted to make sure I was I had all understanding of everything that was going on. And again, it's a big decision. If you're 20 years old and just you know getting out of college as opposed to a family, you got to just be smart with what you're doing next. That is true. At the time, Todd was the only person who was married with kids. I think. No, uh, what year is this? Uh, 13 years? May of 07, we're talking, May, Because I remember finding out that you were having kids. I was married. You were married, I was married for less than one year. Yeah. And my wife is not pregnant at the time. We did not have kids yet. And McLovin didn't have kids. The NBA has fined Kyrie Irving. Segway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Wait. Well, McLovin's Brooklyn, and this is Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving has been fined $50,000 for violating the league's health and safety protocol. See, this is what I thought was at the root of all of this. Said this at the beginning of the show, that this was COVID-related as for what was going on. Um, 
Kyrie will forfeit salary for any games he misses due to his five-day quarantine period, which will allow him to return to uh, team activities on Saturday if he continues to test negative. I don't know what they were waiting for because, and, and I don't know if this is the only reason why Kyrie is not there playing for the Nets, but it felt like that this might have been because of the social gathering for the birthday party and no mask on. But, you know, the league has, you know, explicit language here that uh, prohibits attending indoor social gatherings of 15 or more people, entering bars, lounges, clubs, or similar establishments. It was announced today by the uh, president of league operations. So, all right. Well, at least we know a little bit more about Kyrie Irving, that it was COVID-related or part of this. If, if I'm the Nets, this is good news. But I don't know why, like, why was this a mystery? If, if this is the only thing, and maybe it's not, maybe there's something else here, because keep in mind what we heard. Kyrie was upset about what happened at the Capitol. And for whatever reason, didn't want to play basketball that night. Okay, I get it. Uh, didn't tell his coach, but I understand it. And then it was, you know, starting to hear that maybe uh, Kyrie and KD, there's some distance there. And I'm thinking, yeah, the distance is Kyrie is not on the floor and KD is on the floor. That's the distance. And then I heard that, um, oh, maybe uh, he, he wasn't happy with Steve Nash being named the head coach. Th- those are things that all, that, that's come out in the last couple of days. Maybe it's all of it. I have no idea. But Kyrie has been fined $50,000, and then he's going to miss five days. He doesn't miss five games. He missed five days because of COVID uh, quarantining. Yes, McLevin. I think I read it here he can come back that this Saturday. Yeah. So uh, they play the Bucks on Monday night. Is Harden back? Has anyone, does anyone know when Harden is I don't even know about him. Like, I, don't, I don't know when he arrives either. How must watch is that game all of a sudden if those guys are uh, able to play? Dunder Mifflin has a new home on Peacock. You can stream every episode again and again and again. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to stream now. Your phone call is coming up. We'll check in with Michael Wilbon, the star of Pardon the Interruption, right after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Discover the Discover credit card matches all the cash back you earn on that credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. Pretty amazing. In fact, even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. Over 99% of all places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitation supply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're just joining us, the Jets have a new head coach, Robert Sala. He was the defensive coordinator with the 49ers. The Falcons have a new head coach. He's Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, the Jags have Urban Meyer as their head coach, now waiting to hire a general manager. Also, the news that we just got about Kyrie Irving. He's been fined $50,000. This is COVID-related because of what we saw with social media and he was maskless at a birthday party for his sister. And so they're going to 
have to qu- he's going to have to quarantine until Saturday when, when he can come back, and then he'll lose paychecks with uh, games missed. But this is at least part of the mystery surrounding Kyrie. I don't know if it is the mystery, but uh, let's bring in Michael Wilbon. Pardon the interruption. And, uh, of course, we're trying to figure this out, Mike. And I thought, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I thought this was COVID-related. But I don't know if that's the sole reason why Kyrie Irving checked out from the Nets. Like, he checked out and then was involved in COVID. I don't know why he checked out to begin with. So what do you think we're looking at here with Kyrie uh, and coming back? A big, fat mess. That's what we're looking at. Um, And it is more than COVID-related. I mean, you, you hear all kinds of stuff, Dan. I, I know you have quite the grapevine, as do I. We hear all kinds of stuff as to why Kyrie's gone and where his head was and he didn't feel like playing, blah, 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 blah. And the bottom line is you're talking about now one of the least dependable players in the league. Certainly, certainly one of the least dependable great talents in the league. And Harden now appears on that list as well, which is an interesting thing for Brooklyn Nets, and the reason that that most people can't wait to see them is not just because they got this apparent super team, but they got a super mess on their hands with a first coach, future Hall of Famer. You know, I I love Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. Who knows? Who knows where they can get their arms around this? And most importantly, Kevin Durant, because this all falls on Kevin Durant now as well. A guy who. Kevin Durant has proven he'll play if there's a threat that he winds up leaving the court with one leg. Kevin Durant plays on blacktop in the summer. He plays on hardwood all winter. He just plays. And he's now got two dudes running with him who aren't committed to playing. Not like he is. There was conversation yesterday. uh, We had it here when we got through with the show. The best threesome that we've ever seen on the basketball court. And and I know it's – we're – We've got the end result to back up when we say, hey, Rodman and Pippen and Jordan or whoever it might be with your big Ray Allen, uh, Pierce and uh, and and KG or Bosch and LeBron and, and Wade. Do you have a best big three of all time? Maybe what was called the original, it wasn't the original, uh, but, you know, Bird Parish McHale is still pretty damn good. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the thing is, that was talking about just the front line. As you know, Dan, it didn't even include, you know, Dennis Johnson, for crying out loud, or, or Danny Ainge, two great players as well. Um, I, I, I still look at those. And, I, you know, I'm not – well, I am old enough as a, as a young kid to have seen West and Baylor. Now, they didn't win when Baylor was there because when they won, Baylor had the knee injury. And, but Wilt West and Baylor, my God. Um, so I'm going back. Yeah, I'm going back. Um, certainly, certainly LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh won two, but that's not quite as many as you mentioned Jordan Pippen and, and Rodman or Jordan Pippen and Grant, or which Kuk- I actually – coach. I get chided by – yeah, yeah, Kuk Coach is a fourth in there. I mean, so, yeah, it's not going to be as contemporary as the kiddies want. You know, it's not going to be it's not going to be what they would come up with. It's going to be something that's 40 years old. But I would come up with Steph Curry with KD and Clay. Uh, OK, like there, And then I throw in Draymond. So if I, I say you can throw in your fourth 
and and you want to put in Ku Coach with Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan, you know, then that's kind of fun. I don't know what's going to happen in Brooklyn. I know that we look at the individual talents, but this isn't about individual talents. It's the individual talents meshing together to make it a team talent. And that's where I have a big question mark here. Are there more concerns on the court or off the court, in your opinion, with the Nets? Well, you know, I wouldn't have said off the court until this week. And, you know, when you listen to – I listened to to Boogie Cousins the other night and listen to John Wall. I mean, they're just throwing – they're like, what what are we talking about? We had had a team here that had a big anything, but they could have been a contender if if James Harden was interested and he wasn't. So now you got off the court because there's – although if everybody's where he wants to be, but then if everybody's where he wants to be, what the hell is going on with Kyrie Irving? Um – I, I still think on the court, you know, I, I had before the season, I, I was watching the preseason games in the first couple of regular season games, Dan, and Kyrie Irving, you reminded when he's out there and engaged, there's just no better ball handler. I mean, it, there's no better ball handler necessarily. I'll still take Isaiah Thomas, but I mean, it, 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 we're talking, you know, we're <laughs> splitting the finest hairs now, right? Yeah. But the, he averages. His, his career, I got my son is a Kyrie Irving devotee. This winds up leading to screaming matches every <laughs> night in our house. And I'm, can he average more than five assists a game? How can you be a wizard with the ball and only average five assists a game? One night I made him take out, uh, go to basketballreference.com. I almost said take out the basketball encyclopedia, dating me further. But I made him go to the site and read aloud John Stockton's assist totals every year. And some years, as you know, they were like 12 and 13, and Kyrie can't get six. And so my, my challenge was, if Kyrie Irving, and this was my under, if he's engaged enough to sort of average 6.2 assists a game, which is half of Magic and Stockton in a great year, if he's half that interested in finding his teammates, yeah, Brooklyn, they're loaded. They can, they can do this. But now, man, I, I, I mean, so what's his level of engagement versus selfishness? And, and usually that doesn't work out well, that ratio. Um, I think they can probably become interested enough to play with each other because this is what they wanted. But now, and they're going to have everybody gunning for him. Do they have that constitution? Kevin Durant does. Kevin Durant has that. Do the other two have it? And I, I'm, I'm thinking, no, they don't. Is Michael Wilbon, pardon the interruption, co-host, the person, player, who has the most pressure on them this football weekend is who? Ooh. Football weekend. Man, I got to shift gears and go back to that. Um, I, well, I don't, unlike a lot of people in this industry who talk about this, I don't think the GOAT has any pressure. I mean, if he loses, so what? Does he, like, give back the trophy, the GOAT, to somebody else? No. So Brady has, I mean, when, you know, it's relative to the others. Brady has none. Breeze has none. I mean, Rodgers a little bit because people think that Green Bay should have won more than one, right? And so I, I, I don't know that there's anybody, you know, maybe, well, Jackson. I mean, I know he's won, he's won a playoff game now, but I think he's ahead of Josh Allen and Buffalo in terms of what people are expecting. And I'm, I guess I'm defining it, therefore, Dan, on what people are expecting out of these playoff teams and the biggest players on the teams. Were we being fair, though, to the Lamar Jackson situation where he bowed out early in the playoffs, 
two previous years, but he just turned 24. Like, he finally won a playoff game, and then people are like, he finally won a playoff game. Like, he's 24. Two years, yeah. Yeah, I'm with, yeah, I don't think it was – you know, we rushed to crazy rushes to judgment now. You know, he, he, he's whole for his career. We, okay, he's whole for two. I mean, you know, I, I, I know last year the, the losses were surprising. Um, but I, I, now I'm saying pressure for a different reason. He, because this conversation has taken place and we have unfairly rushed – now he's there, you know, he's sitting there now, and you're like, okay, who, who do you favor to win this game? And if, if you're playing favorites, I know Buffalo's got to be, I don't know, but Buffalo's got to be what, a, a three to four, two to three point favorite at home? Yeah. Is that what it is, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, does Josh Allen have pressure yet? No, but he will if he doesn't win this home game. We'll come in the next season saying, oh, Josh Allen, he hasn't gotten to a title game yet. You know, and I certainly don't think it's Kansas City. Although, I, you know, it's interesting to me that everybody rushed to declare them the greatest team of all time after one. One! I, you know, I'm down with that, but I don't think Kansas City, I don't think there's any way, and I don't think Cleveland has a, just not even that much pressure, given what they've gone through, given how they broke through. So I, I guess I, I guess I'm, I'm saying Lamar Jackson, which goes against everything I really <laughs> believe Oh, uh, well, we could have talked about the Bears, Mike. So I, I I spared you that. Oh, please, thank you. You, I, hopefully, you still like me enough to yeah. spare me yeah. Bears conversation. Yeah, I can't do that too. Because they're so pathetic. I can't. So pathetic. I can't do that too. Uh, I appreciate. Thank you, Mike. It's always great to see you. And uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Dan, you do the same, man. Appreciate you having me. And that's Michael Wilbon, Pioneer Interruption co-host there. And uh, we apologize. Mike's uh, internet connection was uh, not as strong as normal there. So uh, we hopefully uh, we got through that okay. Let me get a couple of more phone calls in here. Uh, Todd, don't take the blame for Michael Wilbon having a bad connection. It was not your fault. Okay. All right. The phone ringing in the background was your fault. Yes, that <laughs> was. Because you always tell the guest, hey, make sure you turn off your I, phone. Well, I shouldn't be calling them anyway while they're being interviewed by you. <laughs> James in Texas. Hey, James, what's on your mind? Hey, James. 11-170. Okay. Thanks, man. Uh, Dan, you turned me on, and it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to ask about this. You're welcome. I wanted to ask about this James Harden thing, and how is it that these athletes can cry and moan and breach contract and still get rewarded? Like, I feel like James Harden won in this whole thing by being unprofessional. Um, yeah. I coach basketball for middle schoolers, and the behavior goes down. The kids see it and they think it's it's cool and it's all right. So James, it just comes down to it. talent. It's just it, star players they get uh, star treatment. I like that. There's a middle middle schooler that's really giving Coach James a hard time right now. It's, <laughs> he's I know he's in sixth attitude. grade, but he's like, "Screw you, Coach. I'm not getting out there. Yeah, I'm not playing St. Bart's this week. Got some attitude there. I'm gonna need some yeah. Sour Patch Kids. Yes, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the best one, uh, and they have the most talent. But my question to you is, how do you change that culture? Well, it's going to be difficult because you have a rookie coach, although Steve Nash does, you know, he has some cachet here because he's been a great player. He's a Hall of Famer, two-time MVP. 
and Mike D'Antoni has coached with uh, James Harden. I, I really think it comes down to Kyrie because Kevin Durant is, I mean, you watch him play and he's a joy to watch and it, it just feels like he wants to play. He wants to win. He knows what's at stake here. James Harden, okay, you got out of Houston. You wanted out of Houston. You made the mess. You didn't want to clean up the mess. Now you're there. He should be really excited. And maybe he gets in shape. Kyrie is the one who I don't know. I don't know if he pouts. I don't know if he wants his touches. I don't know if he wants his credit. He's the one that put this all together. He got KD to join him. Now James Harden is there. There are too many moving parts. It's hard enough to win. And then you add degree of difficulty there. And I don't know if they're going. Kyrie already said, hey, we don't need a head coach. We got a bunch of head coaches. So you've already devalued Steve Nash. And then you check out. We don't know where you went. Then there's COVID. Now you're going to come back. You get Harden. I guess they cleared Harden through Kyrie. But Kyrie is, for a guy who has the ball in his hands, doesn't pass. Harden, at least, is going to put up 10 assists. Like, he'll do that. He'll put up 10 assists. Now, he'll shoot, but he'll put up that, you know, at least he gives you, he'll pass it to you. Not as much as he probably should, but, yeah, and let me see what he looks like, you know, this reincarnation of him, if, if that's what it's going to be in fairness to him, because he knows basketball. So does Kyrie. I feel bad for Kevin Durant. He seems like the grown-up in the room, and I don't know if that's going to be enough. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store for uh, Monday on this program. If you're watching on Peacock, we have our uh, minestrone, our our mini meatball minestrone, and some uh, pesto bread that were uh, taken off the Traeger grill. So if you're... uh, Watching on TV, you can uh, you can watch us eat. Boy, how exciting is that? That's coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, 
you can't go around it. So you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Uh, we wrap up a fun week as we always do. No arcade fire. Send this out to the great audience. Stayed with us through thick and thin. COVID, everything else. Thank you. Final results of the poll question. Which quarterback are you rooting for this weekend? Aaron Rodgers actually edges Tom Brady. Okay. And uh, I think we're working on a new Aaron Rodgers t-shirt. The new Aaron Rodgers t-shirt is, is about to drop on danpatrick.com. If you happen to be a fan of the man in black, if you remember the, uh, I think we all know who I'm talking about, it's an homage to that. I think if you're a Packers fan, you're going to love this one. I'm going to send it to you right now. Okay. The man in black without saying the name of the man in black? Those who know, know. I fell into burning. Uh, Troy Aikman will join us on the program coming up on Monday. Uh, this day in sports history. Holly, do you have this day in sports history? Here's one I didn't know. In 1892, the basketball rules of were first published by James Naismith. Guess what magazine they were published in? Popular Mechanics. Triangle Magazine. Oh. I don't think that's where the triangle offense came from. Hmm. But uh, that's it. Okay. And then New York, in 1934, New York Yankee slugger Babe Ruth, nearing the end of his career, signed a one-year contract for $35,000. That was a $17,000 pay cut for Babe Ruth. You're still the highest paid athlete in America. All right. Uh, let's see. We got all that in. I got uh, stats. that. It, let me get a couple more phone calls in here. Uh, Rex in Ohio. Hi, Rex. 
Hey, DP. How you, how you doing, DP? Great, sir. What do you have for me today? Well, real quick, every time I drive past the Pleasure Inn here in Mason, I think of the stories of you and your dad. So, Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. My, my, dad, my dad used to take me to a bar, and I would sit at the bar with my dad, and I would have an orange Fanta. And I don't know how old I was, but I, the place was called the Pleasure Inn. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. It's like, hey, I got time with my dad with six brothers and sisters. I got some time. And uh, we would go to the Pleasure Inn. And uh, my dad won a dog. <laughs> my dad won a dog at the Pleasure Inn one night. <laughs> like, like he bought squares? and, and- Yeah. But the thing was rigged so my dad would, would win the dog because somebody wanted to get rid of the puppy. And they said, oh, you know, to my dad, hey, do you want to buy a couple of squares? So my dad did, and he won the dog, and he brought it home. And then years later, he found out that they actually staged the contest. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, my dad. Terry in, uh, Terry in New York. Hey, Terry. How you doing today, Dan? Great, sir. What do you have for me? Good. I, I heard you talking about... Uh... It's funny you mentioned the uh, Super Bowl with the Raiders and Marcus Allen in Washington. Man, do you realize the Raiders haven't uh, won a Super Bowl in over 35 years? And still, to this day, they have the most AFC championship appearances. And they haven't won a Super Bowl in 35 years. I find that amazing. Pretty, it is pretty amazing. And they've always been, they're still relevant. That uh, even when they're not good, they're still relevant. Now that you have John Gruden there, um, you know, 8-8 eight eight is not going to cut it. You want more than that. But uh, Raiders were always, it, it just, I remember those playoff matchups. There was something about them. They were a brand before we thought about brands. Like the Cowboys were a brand. Um, but but the, the Raiders were a, a brand and they were like a dark <laughs> brand it was a negative um you know there there was something about them that you knew a fight could break out but there was something about the raiders before we knew you know what brands were we were calling you know certain schools or certain teams a brand yes it's like a culture or a lifestyle and you get dressed up in the skeleton masks and the whole black oh, yeah. hole thing every every weekend was halloween uh home game but uh they were they were fun boy they had some of my favorite players uh, yeah, McLovin. ESPN starting to hype up this Al Davis documentary the day after the Super Bowl. Al Davis versus the NFL. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, he was a. Did you run into him much or no? Uh, I think I only was around him once or twice, but it was. He didn't have time. I I know that when I was around him, um, and and I know people who know him knew him. And they, they, they just talk about how smart he was. He was really, really a bright guy. Uh, let me see. So we got uh, final results of the poll question. Let's go around the room, what we learned on the program. Todd, what'd you learn today? You turned John in Pennsylvania on to cereal with Seton's Fruity Pebbles recommendation, kicking it on the couch, followed by a nap. Yeah, that was great. Dan, you turned me on. All right. Uh, McLovin. Tony Baselli is on a Zoom call like my parents, getting uh, weird computer sounds. <laughs> Seton O'Connor. The minestrone versus minestrone debate is far from over. Minestrone. 
Paul A. My first ever bowl of minestrone soup. What we learned brought to you by M Drive. Get the supplement I take every day. M Drive, powerful ingredients backed by science. Help you get energized, stronger, leaner. Go to mdrivedan.com today. Get free shipping, 60 day money back guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Refine your prime with M Drive. 1215 podcast coming up with the backroom guys. Have a great weekend. One more item is we send you into the weekend. Simply safe home security. It's simple because you order it, comes to your doorstep. You don't have to let anybody in. You're the technician. You don't need an electrician. And you can probably take 30 minutes to install it. That's the simple part of it. Then the safe part of it is you have 24-7 protection. Home security, this is award-winning protection that you have. The best professional monitors in the business. Simply Safe has that arsenal of sensors and cameras protecting every inch of your home. Plus, since you're a listener to this program, you can get a free home security camera with your purchase of a Simply Safe system at simplysafedan.com. Also, 60-day risk-free trial, nothing to lose. Visit simplysafedan.com, that free security camera today. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees, no installation cost. It's simple, but it's safe. Professionals take over, monitoring your home 24-7, ready to send help if there is an alarm. SimplySafeDan.com. Tell them we sent you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.